Hello and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the three stars. We are proud and excited to be with you today for our second episode. And it's an instant reaction episode as Florida State has landed at new commit. But real quick around the room, my name's Tim Allenball. I'll be trying to MC us tonight, but I've got two of Tomahawk Nation's recruiting experts. David Stout, how are you, David? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Glad you're here with us. And world traveler, you never know where he's going to be. Currently a beard grower, Josh Pick. How are you, sir? What's up, dude? I just want to clarify. This is an instant reaction podcast for three guys who work full-time, not in Florida State Recruiting, so it's as in- instant as we can make it. <laughs> it's uh, The working man's instant. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> hopefully this is going to be out tonight if, uh, if our illustrious, wonderful editor-in-chief can get it out in time. He also is a working man, so... But let's jump right into it, boys. Florida State has landed another offensive lineman, Jalen Early. He is a four-star out of Duncanville, Texas. And uh, is it David? Is it is it is it wrong to say the best offensive lineman they have recruited or have committed? He he's up there, and um, you know some of the offensive linemen that FSU has landed so far are kind of like your maybe your fringe high three, low four star type guys. Um, Jalen Early is absolutely a four star. He's like a mid four star with potential, I would think, to maybe even get up to a high four star. Um, So, yeah, this was a huge win. Um, You're talking about a kid who had taken visits and had legitimate offers from some significant powers who wanted him. Um, And FSU, Coach Alex Atkins, man, they sealed the deal on another one. Yeah, yeah. Josh, uh, you were kind of talking about this earlier in the Slack. You were watching his highlights. You know, he's listed as an offensive tackle. Well, no, and let me let me rephrase. He's actually listed as an interior offensive lineman on the uh, composite. Do you think he can be a tackle? Do you think he's interior? What are your thoughts? I want to get this debate between you and David here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll let Coach AB and those triple option guys handle it fully when they do a scout on him, but. I kind of see him as one of those swing players, a guy, and and it's a situation where Florida State has got a lot of those guys committed right now. You've got Quayshon Sapp, who's a swing guy. You got uh, obviously Antavius Woody's swing offensive line, and he's also swing on the defensive line. Um, and I kind of see, you know, uh, Alou Boz, another one of those guys that kind of play him at guard, play him at tackle on a pinch. And I, I think early, obviously, right now he's playing guard in high school, and depending on his length, obviously he could play tackle. But I think. He can make a nasty guard at the college level if that's where Florida State puts him. Yeah, David, what are, what are you thinking there? Yeah, this is interesting, right? Because we've heard all along that FSU likes him potentially as an offensive tackle. Um, and we need to make a distinction here because I think in a lot of, you know, readers' minds or, or people who are casual observers, when they think, hey, the coaches view him as a tackle, their mind automatically goes to they view him as a left tackle. Um, that's not necessarily the case. Big difference between right tackle and left tackle. Um, You know, I'm kind of with Josh. Looking at his film, I would have to think if they like him at tackle, it would have to be at right tackle. He's not a left tackle to me. Um, But, yeah, as Josh Josh said, you know, his length really, really helps him a lot. And it's cool with him because this is a kid who played and started – his entire sophomore year at offensive tackle for Duncanville high school in Texas, which is, you know, close to as good as it gets in the high school ranks in Texas for competition. I mean, even in practice every day, he's going against excellent competition. 
And then his junior year, he played a little bit at tackle, but primarily played at offensive guard. And so um, his coaches have really kind of cross-trained him before he even gets to college. Um, you know, again, we, we hear that the coaches like him as a potential offensive tackle. They may start him at maybe a right tackle, uh, but I'm with Josh, man. I, I look at him on the, on the film and I mean, like just thinking about him doing those pulls and, and getting to the second level. I mean, he could be just nasty in that role. And so, um, yeah, another swing guy and, and a legitimate, you know, guy and, and we'll see what, um, Alex Atkins does. I think he would be okay at right tackle, um, and, and be a serviceable starter, but I think he could be really special at one of the guard positions. Yeah. Josh, you kind of brought up this point, which David supported. We're seeing a theme here with offensive linemen that are recruited to Florida state. They don't want to get caught without any tackles again. And so they're bringing in these guys that can play all over the line. Uh, and, and this definitely shows a lot more preparation than we've seen in the past. Yeah, for sure. And obviously you got someone like Dotry Richardson, who's a true tackle a uh, guy in Elijah Pritchett, who's one of the top tackles in America, who as of now, it seems Florida state leads for and, and Essen Harris is another guy who's an offensive tackle, depending on what happens in this class that Florida state could land. So I don't think Florida state's in a bad place with, with offensive tackles. And, and let me just, let me just mention something. I just, I love the fact that coach Atkins didn't get overly aggressive last year when there weren't that many quality offensive linemen feeling Florida state. He said, you know what? I know everybody's yelling at me saying, you got to get more, you got to get more offensive linemen, this, that, and the other. He looked at the class of 22. He said, we don't have our relationships built up for 21 yet. 22 is going to be a money year. I'm going to save myself. I'm not just going to take guys just to have numbers. I'm going to wait and get quality guys in 22. And that's exactly what he's done. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, because there was a time last year where uh, the fan base, as we have for the last few years, were kind of running around like a chicken with their head cut off, like, where's the tackles, where's the tackles. And, uh, uh, but you can tell that they had a plan and they're, and they're definitely executing it. But let's look at this class as a whole. Now ranked number seven in the composite with an average rating of 89, 83, you know, right under that 90%. Uh, I think they're at something of like eight out of the 18 commits or four stars or better. Josh, I know you challenged me a couple podcasts ago. Will Florida State end up with 50% or higher blue chip ratio? Uh, we kind of consider that four-star higher. Josh, you still feeling good about that being over? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Florida State's going over, Tim. Tim, where are you at, bro? Have you, has your mind changed? <laughs> no, no. I was, uh, I was pushed. I was right there in between. You know, like I thought, I thought if they took 25 and they got like 12, that's where I was kind of putting it. But uh, I know Josh is really wanting me to uh, become, become a little more positive. But um, they're putting together a solid class. And something we referenced last time, David, they're not, they're not big well hunting without first having their foundation there. Their foundation is here. So now that they can go out and save these last, you know, seven spots. For the big dogs and uh there are some big dogs coming in here soon at notre dame in the future david am I, what are your thoughts there no you're absolutely right tim I, I think that they've set a beautiful foundation in place and and again you know we're, we don't want to just be sunshine pumpers you know depending on what happens with the class you know if things don't go well on the field some of these guys could bail um but at the same time 
what's cool is you don't see this staff just resting on its laurels. They don't stop recruiting a kid as soon as he commits, as the previous staff tended to do. Um, and outside of that, they're still talking to guys. You know, I, I'll guarantee you that even though they have potentially, you know, looking at a time where we could see seven offensive linemen committed to Florida State, you may still see another offer go out. I mean, it's, it's really interesting to see them – you know, continue to recruit and, and continue to, you know, like you said, both of you guys have said they're not going to get caught without some serious, good foundation uh, prospects. And so, you know, we're seeing that at wide receiver. They're still talking to some kids at wide receiver, trying to develop some some bonds and, and get some kids on campus. Um, we'll see it running back. We'll see it defensive back. Um, it's really going to be interesting to see who they can kind of keep warm throughout this. But um, yeah, we're, we're at that point, man, where the rest of the remaining prospects, you're going to see pretty much either a four-star or five-star behind their names from this point forward. And we're looking at right now, they've got 18 out of 20. We're going to say 25 just as a number. 18 out of 25, they already have committed. So you're looking at 72% of the classes already in. Six of those are on the offensive line. So they're building this thing in the trenches, and that's awesome to see. Yeah, the, uh, a couple other pieces of information real quick. Uh, like, like Josh said, the guys at Triple Option are going to break down Early's film and, and really give you the details there. David, give me one thing you really like about Jalen Early before we move away from it. Again, I, and I can't wait to hear Coach A.B. talk about this. Like, when you see him pull on his film, I mean, he can just be devastating on some of those guard pulls. So I'm super excited to hear A.B. talk about him. I know he's going to like seeing that. Yeah, and if, awesome. you see him at, if you see him at guard, he's a, he's a quick guard, and he's going to be physical at the point of attack, which is awesome. That's great. Some other couple pieces of information. There was a lot of smoke about Sam McCall this past weekend in Gainesville, and, and, uh, and our, our good friend uh, Dopey Dan did a little dance out there and everything, and everything looked like it was a little bit of buzz. And then Sam McCall came out with the, uh, the graphic on Twitter saying basically, no thanks. I'm staying at Florida State. Couple that with the news that came out earlier that Travis Hunter has, has made my dreams come true. He is now the number one composite recruit. And uh, this defensive back class, though it is not deep numbers-wise, it's one of the best in the nation, Josh. I mean, the, the, the fans just have to be thrilled with the, uh, the level of commitment that these two have shown towards Florida State. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, obviously you're talking about not great quantity, but the quality is just through the roof, and it's just unbelievable. And Sam McCall, now nah, we're sticking with Florida State. No more dorky Dan for me. You know, I think it was kind of <laughs> – some of my teammates are going up to Jortville. I'll go visit with them, but he's still, as of now, in the fold. And obviously we've mentioned Alabama is still a team to watch for if they push for Sam McCall because Sam McCall and his mom like Alabama. But Florida State, Marcus Woodson doing a great job with him. Um, Travis Hunter – what can we say? Just an unbelievable player and uh, a great recruiter. Yeah, man. Tyler Hunter was never composite over one. Travis is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Tyler Hunter wore number one, I think. He right? did. He, did. he, he wore number one. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, you know, in, in terms of Sam McCall, Alabama really is the, the one that worries me because Nick Saban, again, is recruiting him personally. He talks to Nick Saban very frequently. Um, at least on a weekly basis, I think. And and that tells you a lot right there, how much Alabama, you know, the potential they see in him. But um, something important to note, uh, we do believe that, um, you know, we've got uh, running back target Jalen Glover, who's going to announce his college destination soon. 
Uh, we do strongly believe that he is the one who was pushing Sam McCall to come to Gainesville with him um, to visit. And so that should probably tip you off right there that uh, Gibson is probably going to announce for the Gators when he announces his decision. So don't get your hopes up there, Noel fans. So let, let me pivot to one other thing real quick, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. I know there's another recruiting site that's now putting up some rankings. Josh, I think it's called, is it On3? On3 Sports with Chad Simmons, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they recently, after uh, after Ohio State quarterback, uh, is it McEwers or Ewers? Quinn Ewers, yeah. Yeah, uh, Quinn Ewers. He announced that he's foregoing his senior year uh, in high school so that he can go to Ohio State and start getting those uh, those uh, lightness checks. And uh, so as a result, on three recruiting has bumped Marvin Jones Jr. up to their number one recruit uh, in the nation. And, you know, I'm a Travis Hunter guy, and I'm going to go down swinging that he's number one. But uh, I think Marvin Jones, by by the time this is all over, he's going to be battling for that spot in the composite as well. Um, so one other thing real quick. Um, what's next, guys? What, what do we see happening with Florida State's recruiting after, after uh, the commit today from early? Do we think there will be anybody else committing before the season starts, David? Uh, or do we think Notre Dame is really the next big recruiting uh, item to circle on the calendar? So we've got about a month uh, to wait until uh, the Notre Dame game. We don't have any more scheduled commitments between now and then. That's not to say that, you know, somebody might not, you know, determine where he wants to go and set a commitment date. But as of right now, we are assuming it will most likely be kind of all quiet on the Western front. Um, and FSU hopes that it's going to be quiet, right? We don't want to see any decommitments. We want to make sure that the class is still solid. Um, we are in a recruiting dead period. And so I, I would be surprised if anybody decommitted right off the bat during a dead period, because it's not like they're coming off fresh visits or anything like that. But, um, you know, we will, we will definitely be keeping an eye on the offensive line um, class right now as more and more guys join that class. You know, you may have a guy or two who are like, I didn't think the offensive line class was going to be this talented when I committed. And, you know, maybe they decide they want to go play at a different school and they can play a position that they, they'd rather play there. Um, so that is something to monitor, but I would say, you know, we're, we're kind of fingers crossed for a little bit of a quiet period here and, and the coaches can really kind of develop those relationships and, and um, keep at it from that point. But it's all leading up. I mean, we, we got a whole month to talk about this Notre Dame game, man. And I'll tell you what, the visitor list as it stands right now is absolutely stacked. It will change between now and then. There's no doubt about that. But I do know that the coaches are working on getting some other guys for that game, too. So they're, they're really trying to make this a who's who event. Um, so it's going to be really fun to kind of track and see who ends up showing up to Tallahassee when the Irish come rolling in. And just a couple quick housekeeping notes. Uh, you mentioned that Marvin Jones going to number one, and it was cool to see that K Camp and the boys down in Tallahassee sent him a graphic, which Marvin Jones posted on social media. And uh, that's always just a good sign to see that Marvin Jones is still feeling Florida State. Um, with the Jalen Early commitment, you got three three guys from Duncanville in the fold. Uh, Jarrell Powers, who mentioned the tight end, kind of I think contingent on that Jalen Early commitment. They they took Powers knowing they were going to get Early. And then you got 2023 quarterback uh, commitment, Chris Parson, who is all fired up about Jalen Early joining today. So that was cool to see. And then just one note on that early thing, that now makes seven out of nine from that June 25th weekend. 
seven out of nine visitors committed to Florida State. You got Kanai Charlton, Jalen Early, Jarrell Powers, Quayshon Sapp, Bishop Thomas, Trayvon Williams, and Tay Woody. So just an unbelievable job by the staff just knowing, hey, these are the guys we're going to bring in and we're going to hammer them hard. And I still I still think it might be eight when it's all said and done with Jerron Willis flipping from Georgia Tech. It's going to be eight and nine, baby. We called it back when it happened. It's going to be eight and nine. It's going to be crazy. Josh, who was number nine? Did, did his, uh, not uh, be the... Well, it was. I think it was one of those things where Emory Jones, who they knew wasn't going to be a Florida State Seminole, he was going to stay at LSU, and they said, hey, you want to come visit? Go ahead and hang out with the guys yeah, and yeah. see what Florida State's like and take some pictures and post them on social media and whatnot. But uh, kind of a courtesy, and you know, David Johnson's big down there, and Alex Atkins had a relationship with that staff. So I think that was a situation where it was like, let's bring in Emory. We're not going to turn him down if he wants to officially visit. But they knew that he sure. wasn't going to commit to Florida State. And if yes. you're not happy at LSU, young man, and you want to transfer <laughs> later on, remember us down here in Tallahassee. Yeah. Uh, one other Chris Parson note, he had a, he had a, a wild video on, a, on social media this past week where he was throwing bombs like from 75 yards and hitting goalposts or something crazy like that. So uh, go check that out. As David said, if, uh, if Parson – is able to add on a few more inches before he graduates. Watch out. That kid's going to be flying up the recruiting rankings. And, um, I mean, he's ultra talented as it is. And size is not as big of an issue in college. So, like, the kid's still ultra talented, whether he's, you know, six foot or six foot two. Uh, but it'll really catch the eye of, of those doing the rankings. Yeah, and I don't want to compare him to Russell Wilson, but obviously the lack of height didn't hurt Russell Wilson. So, like, you can play quarterback if you're not huge, especially if you've got some mobility and get outside the pocket where those guys aren't up in your face all the time. And the best part about – I mean, obviously it was impressive that he could throw it that far, but the best part was seeing all the salty canes in his reaction. So, like, that's just, that's just <laughs> awesome. Anytime you can get Manny and the fake momentum crowd getting fired up, it's good. And I'll tell you, man, as excited as we all are about all these offensive line commitments, the coaches are thrilled. There's nobody more excited than Chris Parson right now because he's going to be coming into a situation where all these dudes are going to have at least one year in the strength and conditioning program. Like he's walking into a great situation with this offensive line class coming up. Yeah, that's a good point. Obviously, with the extra year, it'll help. But I'm sure AJ Duffy's feeling better about his uh, commitment every day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah aj w's gotta love it oh another offensive line another huge body uh, I'll take um, yeah and, that, and now i guess yeah. we'll take another four star cool and now i got Jalil skinner with me at img and i'm gonna bring him to florida state with me as well and you know maybe we can snag a little kevin coleman action too so we'll see flex on him aj flex on him <laughs> i uh i i i'm a i'm a nerd i think i think that's well documented but i just pictured james blackman in the Wolverine meme where he's holding the picture of Gene Gray, but James Blackman's like holding a picture of this offensive line class and just like, just like sad face Poor poor James Blackman. The single tear rolls down (laughs) Poor James. And it would have made a difference, but James Blackman is no AJ Duffy and he's no Chris Parson. Well, I know, I know, I know. Let me be a nerd. Yeah. Well, thanks so much everybody for tuning in for our not so instant reaction to the commitment of Jalen Early. We appreciate you supporting the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. Uh, it's all part of the Everything Knowles family. So like us, subscribe us, leave us five stars, check us out on Tomahawk Nation, go to our official recruiting thread, uh, leave us some questions. We're going to be doing a mailbag here with the you know, 30 day gap here. And uh, I, I think if you can hear my niece screaming in the background, I think it's time to call it a night, guys. She's more excited than we are, man. She's probably screaming Early's name. I know. 
I know the uh, the the niece. Uh, Denise is super excited about it. Didn't even know it, but she's a huge Florida State fan. <laughs> All right, I'll catch you later, boys. All right, five stars for the three stars. <laughs>